Hi, I'm Chris Lamont and welcome to Talking Business. I'm fortunate today to be speaking with David Mumford of RBK Nutraceuticals on the development of the business and how the business continues to grow and expand its global reach. RBK Nutraceuticals develops and manufactures premium health and wellness supplements. Today, the company has its products for sale at some of the world's leading retailers in over 16 different countries. Welcome to Talking Business, David. Thank you, and great to be here. David, few businesses start with a, a global demand and product sales in 16 countries, and I suspect that RBK didn't start with that either. How, how did you start out? Um, interestingly, we started off in the duty-free space, so that kind of opened up a lot of our global markets uh, quicker than probably ordinarily um, by being part of some global duty-free uh, retail networks. Um, we actually started because I was working for a company called Mother Nature. I was a young uh, sales and marketing guy. Um, and the career, the career distributor uh, for Mother Nature um, was doing quite well. Um, he was supplying all the leading department stores in Korea, like you know, Lotte and Shinzeki and Samsung. Um, and uh, that business kind of changed ownership a few times. And, you know, I, I was kind of, not sure. I was at a young age. I was sent over to Hawaii and Canada to set up a branch office for their duty-free operations, and um, you know things were going smoothly. So the uh, the Korean distributor reached out and asked if I wanted to start our own brand. So we started Mother Nest. Um, we continued on with the Korean distribution, and uh, I brought along all my duty-free customers. And so uh, the two of us uh, started like that in a tiny office um, above a. Fish and chip shop in Epping. It's uh, ironic you're above a fish and chip shop and you're selling wellness <laughs> supplements. So, so not too much fish and chips for you, no. for you lads. Um, and your role in the company in RBK now, or what are you doing there? Now, like obviously, as as we've grown, you know, you do a bit of everything over the years. Um, today, we're employing uh, 44 staff, um, and we've got a good team, and you know, um, you know, experts doing QA and QC, and we've got good production teams and. Uh, so nowadays, I'm really just looking after the the growth and expansion and, and of, of our export markets, um, and you know maintaining and, and developing our core business nowadays, which has changed quite a lot, especially post COVID. And is there a typical client base for RBK, or is it different by country and by product? Um, it's so varied. Um, Nowadays, we're kind of scaling back on some of the countries we're supplying to focus more on the real growth and high potential markets, um, but it changes so much. So coming from a duty-free background where it wasn't a huge volume, um, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we started uh, supplying Costco and we really moved into the high volume, um, high volume production and high volume sales. Um, and then by adding other Costco's internationally, it's from Korea and Taiwan and Japan, China and Australia, um, we really turned into you know a higher volume business. You know, in the, when we first started, we were you know selling air freighting pallets, and, and now we're doing forty footer containers, wow. you know, a couple a week. So that's changed, and the customers have also changed. So in places like Myanmar, we supply tiny pharmacies and people to buy you know ten capsules at a time. Um, and our, you know, our best high growth markets now being Saudi Arabia, uh, where we're supplying over 3,000 really high end, quite prestigious um, pharmacies. They're not so much 
traditional farmers is that many department stores. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the latest um, kind of successful distribution channel for us has been home shopping networks. So I started selling in Taiwan yeah. on home shopping TV. So huge wide range and it's basically just getting the right products for the right customers, how they want it for their particular part of the market. So, you know, the the um, the lesson in that is it's all about the customization. So. And having a, a broad product range would allow you to potentially zero in by client or by product in different countries. Yeah, and it's also finding what has worked. Yep. So having Costco is fantastic because we can find out what works on a large scale. Yep. Um, and it captures a lot of market demand, and then we can kind of slightly change it, adjust it, change the pack size, change the formulation, change the brand. Mm. You know, we, we do do multi-branding strategy mm. um, for different countries and different markets. And by having that as something that we know works, um, we can then go to different parts of the market in each country to um, to customise those products. Oh, excellent. The company's been recognised with various awards, including the New South Wales Premier's Expert Award. How important it is in your industry, or potentially even with the with the export side of your business, to get government recognition of your business? Yeah, as an exporter, it's um, extremely important for us. Um, being a you know a TGA a licensed facility, um, we've got all the technical um, qualifications that that you know it, potential export markets automatically want to look at. But having the additional recognition of um, these kind of awards is definitely uh, a very valuable um, add-on to have. It definitely gives us credibility and it makes potential customers feel even more confident in dealing with us. Trusted advice, really important. Um, your industry is probably one of the more sensitive ones in terms of, you mentioned the TGA, um, the nature of supplements, the research and the testing. But where do you get broader advice from or do you not need it now? But where, where do you get broader advice from or where did you get broader advice from in terms of scaling up your business? Um, there's been many different parts and um, Austrade's definitely played a key role yep. over the years uh, in, in many different formats, whether it be participating at trade exhibitions or trade missions. Um, but probably most importantly, getting to know the business development managers in market in the particular countries that you want to deal with. Yep. They've got so much information and contacts. Um, and they've been really extremely helpful, especially in Taiwan and Japan in recent years. Their markets that I identified that I wanted future further growth in. And as part of a um, special um, exporters program that they had running during COVID, they were able to identify new markets and new customers for me, like uh, Seiji Yoshi, um, which is a large scale, small supermarket in Japan and that and TV home shopping as well. Mm. But apart from Austrade, um, um, Export Council Australia also provides great help and advice on the more technical matters around export. Um, but yeah, in terms of growing future markets, um, I'll always uh, kind of reach out to Austrade when I can. And the importance of the company being an Australian company, does that help you in other countries or is it something that you don't promote actively now? It's always been a key part of our marketing and messaging. However, the... The, the market's become so competitive internationally and it's not just enough to be Australian. Yeah. Um, definitely pricing pressure by competing with other uh, countries is a massive issue nowadays and 
Um, yes, it's important, and before it may be the factor that that got you into a certain market, but not necessarily now. Oh, oh. Now, does someone go back to securing new markets, or even perhaps considering uh, a new export market? You mentioned Austrade, but one of the other sort of demographic uh, factors that you consider before you go into a market. Uh, this is something that I've kind of learned over the years in that yeah, as you're growing, you kind of have a, well, we had a bit of a shotgun approach. Wherever there was an opportunity, we'd just go and grab it. Um, that has challenges in sometimes spreading yourself a little bit thin and not really being able to focus and dedicate yourself to either a market and a brand or a product. Um, however, it did enable us to learn what works and what doesn't and what kind of partner we should be seeking. I think it's really important to understand the have a similar scale of business with your partner. Um, sometimes it's difficult dealing with huge multinationals as a smaller business. Um, their management policy buyers can change at the drop of a hat and then you're left kind of sometimes with nothing. So when investing in a market, especially for me being the Middle East, um, establishing a partnership with someone who's extremely like-minded, somebody that has the potential and the desire to grow with you um, in scale um, is super important. And without that, you know, some of your exports may be quite transactional, mm. but by making sure that relationship is solid first, um, that's when success comes. So, you know, for Middle East, it's been Saudi Arabia in particular, it's been coming on eight years now. And it was a very slow start. Um, just a, we started with a few gummy items while we were registering um, other products that you know could take up to th two years to register. Quite a difficult registration process there. So there's that time investment and the money investment before you even started selling anything. Yeah. Um, but by having that understanding early on, um, we've been able to grow to the point now where we are the number one gummy brand in Saudi with 3,000 plus um, pharmacies and you know, 20 of our own medical reps visiting those stores every day and just month, month on month on month growth at the moment. So uh, I've definitely put that down to taking a lot of time and consideration to be in market, to meet with people, to find the ideal um, compatible partner. So just for those that aren't familiar with the concept of gummy, so um, if I was to describe it, but you'll correct me here perhaps, Jelly babies um, masquerading as uh, vitamin and supplements, uh, so they're much much more uh, tasty to take, easy to take than uh, the yeah. traditional pill form of supplements. That's pretty much it, and it's a fun it's a fun part to be in. Coming from mainly capsules and tablets, moving into this gummy space, it's for us. It's the most important thing is you know how to get as much vitamin content into that dosage format, um, and there's a lot of um, R and D development goes into that. Um, but then as the fun part is playing with flavors, playing with shapes, playing with colors. Um, but ultimately, you know, recent developments, which we're really proud of is um, having five-star health-rated gummies. Um, and our big selling point throughout the Middle East in particular has been the no low sugar. So there is still a lot of gummies in the market that still do have questionable, you know, nutritional benefit, but we've always been extremely... Um, Front and centre has been, you know, making it nutritionally sound while still being, you know, easy and convenient to, to take. 
So that presumably puts pressure on the company though in terms of the amount you need to invest in research and product development. Um, how, how key is that to, to your business? It's super key, but honestly, it's not really, it's not expensive. It's just, it's kind of simple. You, know, you, just, you push the boundaries, see how much active you can put into a product and you know, do bench top samples and you know, it's trial and error, but it's, it's, it's not arduous and it's not overly difficult. It's, um, it's difficult to get right in the end because you don't want to put a product in the market that's going to disintegrate and melt when it gets into a high temperature or something. So there's a lot of care and attention that has to go into that. But um, it is key and it is vital, but the kind of the best, our best intel comes from our customers. Yeah. You know, they're in market, they're seeing what's working. Uh, they're the ones who come up with the suggestion of um, our certain product is selling really well in this liquid form. Yeah. Can you put it into a gummy? Yeah. Okay, then we'll go off and, you know, gather the ingredients and materials and, and work on that. And that's where we've had our best selling items and the, 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 the um, evolution of our range. I'm getting a theme that so that relationship management in market is really driving not just the, the business relationship, but the product development, product amendment, if you like. It's absolutely key. And, you know, during COVID, it was difficult because, you know, you can talk, you can email, you can do all these kind of things. But when I'm sitting in front of a buyer in Taiwan or Japan for Costco or for somebody, things just come up and things get mentioned that don't ordinarily get discussed. And that's where the genesis of new product development generally comes from. Um, so, yeah, without being in market and, and fostering those relationships, uh, there's, no, there's no chance we'd be as successful as we, as we are now. Thinking back over the journey, um, even going back to um, the previous companies that you've, you've worked within and championed, what advice would you give yourself? We're at a bit of a tipping point in Australia at the moment with um, probably more older small businesses than younger small business operators, and we need to do more to encourage young entrepreneurs. Um, they often cite a lack of advice, a lack of equity, but if you could sort of go back and tell your younger self tips to success uh, going forward, what, what, what are the key things that you would, you would advise? Um, particularly with new business and, and the amount of technology, you know, the reliance we have on technology, it's very important, has its place. Uh, still having the ability just to get out and get in market and have face-to-face -face meetings and get to feel it, smell it, touch it, it is critical. Um, you can have all the great ideas in the world um, but if it doesn't translate perfectly to another culture um, for any number of reasons, it, it might not, it's got a high chance of not working. Um, so, in, and it, you had, just have to start somewhere. So you just have to get out and start. A great source of um, information is fellow exporters. Um, you, you forge really great friendships with people from meat, from wine, from all sorts of different varied things and they've all got their own experiences they've all got their own contacts as well so um you just have to be willing to get out to get in front of people to meet and not necessarily just drive everything from your from your laptop you really got to be willing to get out and hit the road as well it's interesting you say about how other businesses share with you their ideas and their experience because i think outside industry outside business people feel that it's a purely competitive space and no one shares anything whereas i go out and talk to businesses either individually or as collectives and they're always sharing absolutely always supporting each other yeah so, 
And that's the thing, you just got to get yourself out of your office, out of your space, and put yourself in situations where, where you're around people like that. Noting the competitive nature of your industry, though, um, and the changes that you've seen in, in export-related growth, where do, you, where do you think the future is for RBK? Uh, the future, clearly, for us right now as a region is Middle East. Um, we've got quite um, aggressive expansion plans throughout the region. Um, still maintaining core business and continuing to develop and evolve our product offering but really having the sense of what we're good at and concentrating on that it obviously is going to be super hard for us to compete with the big public company multinationals that also share our space Uh, but by us identifying our particular product our particular edge and really being able to focus on the market part of the market that wants it it is the key to us keep moving forward and as we kind of mentioned before, being in that space, having those relationships mean that the product keeps evolving. It means that the new opportunities keep coming up. Um, but you just can't take your foot off. You know, I, I stopped doing trade shows, international trade shows for quite a while. Um, but I think it's important to still just get out there because, you know, it, you don't know what you don't know. And then, you know, if you're not there, you're gonna, you might miss out. So it's just that, you know, keeping that energy up to, to, to continue to be in market. But definitely Middle East is, is, our, is our core focus. Um, extending our product range, you know, extending different parts of the market. You know, we've just started applying for government tenders where it's really high volume um, supplying um, hospitals directly. Uh, so there's so many different parts of the market to explore and that's what we'll be doing. You started off about advice for business. What advice would you have for a small business who's thinking about perhaps exporting for the first time? Be prepared to customise and change your offering. Um, if, if you're really stuck and in love with your product and you don't want anyone to touch it, maybe ex- it's, it's a, unless you've got something super special, there's always going to be challenges there. Um, depending on industry, have patience. Um, make sure that you get the right partners and make sure the people you're dealing with have some level of experience in importing something hopefully closely related to you. You can spend a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of energy um, trying to massage these things through um, and ultimately they just fall down. So be patient. Um, Don't be it necessarily transactional and really look for the for the long term all right good advice david thank you so much for your time today like i said i i met you about five six years ago um and the company was doing great things all over the world then but it certainly sounds like it's gone from strength to strength yep absolutely thank you we'll be back again shortly with another episode of talking business